Hey everybody, welcome to Partial Credit. It's music class today. Music class, folks. So um, there's this fantastic documentary out on Hulu about uh, the life of uh, Frank Zappa. If you don't know who Frank Zappa is, do yourself a favor, check him out. You'll never come across a musician like him. Um, if I could go back in time to see any one artist perform, I think it, it might be uh, any anything that Frank Zappa has ever done. Um, truly a uh, American legend. Um, American hero, as far as I'm concerned, in the fight against censorship in the United States. Uh, but we'll get into that in the episode. Uh, as always, please uh, rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps so much. And uh, let's just get right into it. Let's, uh, let's get on with the show. This is Partial Credit, the education podcast with a twist. Welcome to Partial Credit, the education podcast with a twist. What's the twist? I don't know. Do you know, Lily? Yeah, nope. you she... you go in without a plan, and then two hours later, you have a plan. <laughs> That's twist-filled. Uh, so today is music class. I forgot to silence my phone. Uh, today is music class. Uh, we are, uh, we're talking about the late, great Frank Zappa. We both watched the Frank Zappa documentary. We both finished about a half an hour ago. Yeah. I've got a page of scribbled notes. Uh, Lily, welcome to history class. Or history class. No, history music. of awesome music class. I mean, okay. <laughs> to be fair, it's history of Frank Zappa and his music and, and really what he did with music. And yeah his, did you his have influence a, on people. Did, did you have a previous relationship with Frank Zappa? I did. His music? I did. Um, mostly because I, I am such a sucker for like weird, like, <laughs> like, hey, so this guy was, was out of the ordinary. He, he was not a regular guy. He really no. wasn't like this. And in watching the documentary, everyone was like, he was very cold and he was very... He wasn't feeling, and I was like, the dude was a composer. <laughs> like, Dude felt through, everything. Throughout history, like, if you look at past composers, none of them were really, like, cuddly Friendly. and nice. Yeah. Yeah. Like, these composers, I, I feel, uh, speak a different language. Well, like a painter speaks a different language. Exactly. And, and, and a poet speaks a different language. Yes, and exactly. They, they struggle to find a way to, to express it to the rest of us morons. Yeah. And, and that, that's exactly what Zappa was. He, he spoke his own language. For sure. Uh, when I was in about the fifth grade, I had heard the song Montana, which is just one of his very strange ones. And yeah. uh, moving to Montana <laughs> soon, uh, get a, you know, zircon encrusted tweezers. There was a tumbleweeds made a dental floss. It was just the weirdest thing. Oh yeah. But I had to do a project with like a film class, mm-hmm. and I animated poke uh, Gumby and and the horse Pokey from the Gumby Show, like doing all of this weird stuff to Montana. So I That's made amazing. tumbleweeds out of. Uh, um, out of dental floss and i had like herds of t- 
tweezers going back and forth across the background. I did this oh my whole weird claymation thing. If you uh, have that, I don't. Any, I don't think I do. In, in the... <laughs> I think it's Damn. long gone to oh. the ages. But yeah. Uh, so and I didn't really know who Frank Zappa was. I just, you know, I was listening to Weird Al and I was listening to goofy shit. Yeah. And and like he on the surface fell into that for me in at what 13 um and i just thought it was super cool and then years and years and years later i was probably 16 or 17 i was i went over to my friend uh jeff prescott and uh his older brother eric prescott and they started playing for they said something about frank zappa and i was like i think i know who that is i've never really listened to it and then they put on joe's garage for me and I just sat there wrapped, just blown away yeah. by the by the sort of uh, weaving in and out of the story of Joe's Garage yeah. and these amazing songs. And I was laughing and my brain was melting <laughs> and and it was it was so cool. And so ever since then, I've been a huge fan of Frank Zappa. You know, I have I had cassettes of Yellow Shark, his last yeah. his last piece, which we'll get to. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, We'll get to that, but um, my first introduction to Zappa was actually middle school band. Oh. Um, my middle school band teacher was nuts. Like, <laughs> not not because like of the music he should. He was just crazy. He was an old hardcore rock and roll dude trying to teach music and yeah. yeah trying to teach these shitty ass middle schoolers how to play an <laughs> instrument so the first song we ever learned was um black sabbath oh gosh what see iron man uh there's any number i don't of songs. it was it was a, but it was a black, it was sabbath, a black song. sabbath song um and so, like, our, that was our music education. He was like, you're going to learn... The cool music. shit. You're going to... you like, <laughs> we're not going to play no Mozart up in here. There's no Bach. Uh, <laughs> it was... It was... It was Zappa and Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath That's very cool. and Alice Cooper. And... Alice Cooper is in this movie a lot. He, he one is. Of the first, one of the I first was, uh, artists that Zappa signed. Yeah. So should we get into this film? We should. We here? should get into it. Yeah. So on Hulu, uh, it's just called Zappa. It's. Uh, did you catch who the director is of this movie? Uh, it was. It was Alex Winter. Yes. Which Bill from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, uh, Alex Winter directed this, and and I looked. He's he's been doing a lot of documentaries yeah. over the years. Uh, he did some Trump stuff, and uh, he's pretty awesome. But um, uh, aside from that, yeah. We jumped right in. Uh, early childhood. He was a strange kid. He strange, poor. Art, like he liked to blow make things bombs. up. Make bombs. Yeah. I was like, was like he tried Frank, to burn down his high school. Frank, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was in my room like, Frank, you speak a different language. You speak the language of like, yeah. So uh, what I thought was very interesting is he said that he was very into chemistry mm-hmm. um, from ages like five, five to 13. Yeah, to 13. So, yeah. um, what was also really like interesting. This is hard coming dad. straight off of the, the, the film though, right? Like, is this hard for you to sort of 
it's uh, hard for me. It's, it's hard for me to recall everything because, you know, I haven't let it sink in. But in marinade, yeah. Yeah. So his dad worked in a bomb making, like, they made mustard gas. Mustard gas. <laughs> he and had... he, they practiced putting on, he would play with, like, Gas, gas masks. masks. Did that you see how much of that concert toy. footage he was just always had a gas mask? Always had a gas and mask. And I thought, okay, this is, I was like, okay, there's a connection. I was, I was like, there's a <laughs> lot that happened in your childhood, Frank Zappa, for you to be like, here is this gas mask that I am going to tour around with. Mm-hmm. He toured with a gas mask. Yeah, and there's I some footage later was... on of Moon Moon playing with the gas mask as well. I don't yes. know if you caught that. It was really yeah. It was always around. And it was very impactful, and I think that we'll we'll get more into it. But it goes into his political stance. Yeah. Uh, did you, so? Yeah. So he then he sort of discovers music and he starts getting into it. He's he's playing a lot of like blues and jazz with his family with wasn't into music. His, yeah, they didn't really listen to music. He like they just didn't... discovered music one day. I, I was and... imagine being Frank Zappa and just like one day hearing something and being like, yeah. it tickled a part of his brain that took over his life. And, yeah. Uh, you know, to the benefit of all of us, obviously. Um, he he tried a lot of things uh, as far as work goes. Uh, the greeting cards I thought were oh, amazing. Those were hilarious. Uh, I was immediately I on would, eBay. I <laughs> would buy one of those greeting cards. Yeah, they're probably. So I haven't found one yet, but expensive. I was I was spending so much yeah. time looking. Um, let's see, and then so you sort of if we if we sort of glaze over his young childhood, he was he was playing in like mixed race bands, which didn't go over very well. So uh, that in was the sort of super in, where was it? Cucum- in, Cucamonga? in Cucamonga. Yeah, uh, uh, which at the time was just like a small, very small town. Suburb. Yeah, in California. Mm-hmm. In Southern California specifically, and then uh, he uh, he moved on. Uh, what's that Cucamonga? Oh, geez, you're right, though. The details, it's hard. But when he started that, that recording studio, yeah. and he... That's he where was it was kind in of Cucamonga, which is the that recording was studio. studio. Yeah. I don't remember necessarily if his high school band was in Maryland, where he grew up, or if it was in Cucamonga. No, it was in Maryland. You're right, you're right, yeah. you're right. Okay. Yeah. okay. Which, either, either way, in that time, in a small town... Yeah, a mixed it was race band mixed playing race band. black he, music. He just like he broke all those barriers. Well, he, he was didn't, like, I don't he care. Wasn't even he didn't thinking care. about it. He, he didn't just care. wanted to make music. No, he just loved music. Yeah. Um so but his arrest in yes. Cucamonga, I that think, was... was the sort of major tipping point of his I think that's the part of the film when there was the, the, all it's the middle fingers yeah. started. He's constantly like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, yeah. middle finger, middle finger, you know. Sorry, Gary, sorry, Gary, sorry, Gary. And he... he so there's definitely this, a, a switching point. As, so let's, it, especially in this documentary, I thought they did it beautifully, was where he is kind of just like discovering music and just like lightly getting into it. And as soon as he wants to start producing his own stuff which uh, i got a little confused i was also trying to deal with my dog but he produced a tape that yes. had so 
so he was noises? so no but not there was even, it no sex like it was it was it was he he was some some of the boys in town said they were having a stag party and wanted him yeah. to make a porn film uh, which they assumed he could do because he was a long hair and he had all this studio equipment yes. and this was part of a larger setup uh and then he i don't know if he kind of was clued into it and he knew it was going to happen but he um he just made a tape of music yeah and that was it and and then gave he was it to arrested. them and yeah. then his place was raided all of his work was stolen everything was gone and he spent you know six not months in jail. in jail yeah six for months in jail three months false or three years prob- probation, probation like yeah which is insane and we're talking about a really i mean sure weird but he didn't do drugs no he, he maybe that's... drank a little bit you know but so i mean i'll i'll get more into that because of the snl skit <laughs> yeah fuck that, that. i am that a huge snl fan so uncomfortable yeah you I can was see him so go ahead and talk irritated. about it we'll talk about okay it we'll talk about it now so frank he's, zappa he's later in person. his korea uh, career woo korea um yeah, it's mostly career. Czechoslovakia, not yeah, a lot of Korea. Actually, yeah. Um, <laughs> later in his career, uh, went on as they invited him on SNL, and they did a skit, a sketch where they were basically, "What? Why don't you do drugs? Why? Why rock and roll man? What do you mean, why, what do you mean doesn't you do don't drugs? do drugs?" And it was not funny. Like he was extremely uncomfortable. He was a sober person. And he didn't, he, he even said in his interview, he was like, this was, I didn't think this was funny. Like, I, I thought they were making fun of me. Yeah. Because. Yeah. And, and SNL is famous for the yeah. volume of drugs that went through uh, 30 Rock. Mm-hmm. So, but I the mean, amount, so. Uh, yeah. Like it was just, it was uncomfortable and you could tell he very, was uncomfortable. And So that was the second season of SNL because we had Bill Murray mm-hmm. uh, um, and uh yeah, yeah. Bill Murray was second season because he replaced Chevy Chase. Uh, yeah, it was, it was just, it was uncomfortable, and I, I thought it was in poor taste. Yeah, it was. Because, his because, performance, his his performance was amazing. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, like he was like, okay, I'll 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 do this. Yeah. You know, like I'm I'm here. I will I will do this. But you could tell he was uncomfortable with the sketch, like. <laughs> He just didn't, it wasn't funny. It really wasn't. I was like, oh, but do you, you, you guys know that you're like a drug kingpin, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so my notes are chaos here. <laughs> I didn't even take notes. Cause I knew it would just be like, I tried. Yeah. I, I was like, I can't, I need to focus on the felt. Usually, like, if I watch a film for for this purpose, I'll watch the film once, and then I'll watch it again to take notes. But yeah. honestly, with this, I, I was kind of glad I didn't take notes, because it there are just so many layers to it <laughs> <laughs> that I don't think I could write fast enough. So, uh, we were about... What did you about... feel about his... Yeah, oh, yeah, if you know where we were, great. Yes, because we I were talking about... <laughs> Uh, his arrest and the turning point in his career. Yeah, so that that felt 
to me like the radicalization of Frank Zappa. Oh yeah. Where he he went to fuck the man. Um, this was definitely a turning point in his political stance. <laughs> yeah, I mean he 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 started to take some very firm opinions on things, and oh, yeah. it's really funny that we end up on another episode of fuck capitalism somehow when somehow, we were just trying to talk somehow about we're music. just like trying to talk about music <laughs> and we're like oh yeah we're just gonna talk about frank zappa we got ourselves into fuck capitalism yeah. once again lucas which i think is going to be great for our second half uh, I, think so. um, I think that should be a, a great focus um how reaganism sort of was oh. a tipping point oh. for, for Mr. I, Mr. Zappa. We need a we need to talk to Will about the the Reaganism <laughs> and Frank Zappa thing because I think he will just enjoy this conversation and somehow it always turns back to capitalism, Reagan and Will. <laughs> Their t-shirt idea. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> How his various and let's dance around his life a little bit because I feel like that's yeah. sort of freeform jazz like music man. Yeah, so he, uh, I can't remember the composer that he started with. No, I don't either. But um, but it was a very out there composer. Um, and it wasn't normal. And then he, he decided to start writing music at yeah. a very young age for like he would go to the library and just figure it out yeah which is... <laughs> i okay so i have to look at opera scores like half of my my summer and i i'm still like sure yeah i totally know what's happening right now but what did you think just... about his his various uh interactions with the beatles how they they very openly said that Starch and pepper was heavily influenced by frank zappa so this is a i think all music people influence each other yeah despite what they say you know they're like i'm an original artist no you're not don't don't fool yourself i don't know yoko was pretty original on that stage (laughs) (laughs) what was that noise that she was making she woke up my dog i was like I'm so sorry. It's just Yoko. She, I'm watching. I'm watching the the, the documentary, she, and Megan's doing other stuff. And as soon as Yoko comes on the screen, there's just this audible like. Ugh. <laughs> I feel like I did that internally, Megan. Um, but okay, so the the relationship with the Beatles was very interesting. So they, uh, okay, so it was very weird because. They had gotten inspiration for Sergeant Pepper from him. Yep. Yet when he tried to replicate the Sergeant Pepper cover, cover there was this Warner whole Brothers legal very... like Warner Brothers freaked the out. Like they were like, mm, no, we don't want we don't want a lawsuit. It, it yep. took what eighteen months yeah, to and... solve it. In the meantime, he's on the phone with Paul McCartney. Uh, George Harrison is playing yeah. guitar with him in his basement. Um, David Bowie is showing up. Like so everybody, all of these people want to meet him because he's yeah. such an influence. He's a fucking genius composer. I, I, 
I loved that they kept using that word because that's what he was. He was well, a and composer. his wife. His wife is very clear about that. He yeah, was a composer. He was a composer. Also, yeah. she was a queen. Like let's <laughs> let's talk about the fact that he was like, yeah, I just come home from tour, and I'm like, yeah, I have the clap. Go get some medication, yeah, go, and she was like, some... okay. And yeah, she and grumbles around she, the house a little she bit. Grumbles about it. around the house a little bit, and at that point, he had three kids, I believe, or two, yeah, he two or three maxed kids. out at four. He yeah. maxed out at four. With, um, sorry, Moon Unit is still like my all-time favorite name. And like, young Moon Unit in this documentary was fantastic. Oh, oh my gosh! Um, this is what we call a review, folks. Yeah. So, <laughs> But uh, uh, anyway, so she she actually like was the backbone of a lot of his his music. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of the business word. business. The, yeah, the business, we, the business side of it. She was the backbone of it. Yeah. They don't really cover that as much um, because he was under Warner Brothers for so long, and and quite a lot of other producing companies. But she was she was at home with the kids and like running the business running the business end of him and so he could just sit down and compose Mm -hmm. and that man workaholic (laughs) to the end (laughs) to the end yeah and i think that partly has to do with growing up very poor and, uh, yeah, very, and, yeah, very likely. And, and seeing his dad work in a mustard gas facility. <laughs> so I think it all connects back to that and then to the gas mask. So, like, there, I think because you, you asked me um, if I thought he was on the spectrum. Yeah, I texted you a little bit. Yeah. And that's a hard question to answer. I I don't because think he was. I don't think he was. I I I don't think he was. I think he was just a he just spoke a different language. And that I'm going to keep saying that because that's the only way I can really explain the fact that he engrossed himself so deeply into his music. Well, let's talk about let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk yeah. about not having access to his music uh, when he was attacked on stage and fell <gasps> 10, 12 feet and, broke. Uh, and was, and was in a wheelchair for months. So um, they didn't really go over what happened to him. Do you want to go over that? There's well, it's, I think there's a lot of legal stuff and that's why Alex winter probably left it out of the film, but some person attacked him, jumped up on the stage and dragged him off the stage he he broke his leg and several other injuries but um chief among them was a a a series of fractures in his leg that had him bound to a wheelchair for nine Nine months months. um and he was depressed he was not able to tour he was not able to maniacally you, you know parade around his his no. bandmates his his he wasn't uh, he really wasn't tools. able to do much yeah 
he wasn't able to make that jump and that signal to everybody it's time to do a thing yeah he was trapped he and it really shows in the music that was produced after yeah he became um, a lot more serious he became i mean the music was still fun i think chic your booty came out after that yeah and, and i mean valley girl came out after that but yeah <laughs> it was it can was you give me your still, best valley girl no <laughs> oh, come on lily <laughs> Leave me alone, Lucas. All right. <laughs> I, I'm not good It's at just it like so totally like his music was just so I, I don't like, I don't know. Like it was like like like, mm, like, like influential. It like, I it like, like speaks mm, to something. Like it speaks like, to my aura. Like there's and this my moon soul. and then there's this sun and <laughs> All <laughs> right. So, track, people. <laughs> broken leg. He meets an animator who starts. Okay, this animator, I loved him. <laughs> I absolutely I'd... loved him because he hitchhiked all the way to yep. Napa Valley. Yep. And then climbed <laughs> over Frank Zappa's over fence. Frank Zappa's fence, <laughs> and was like, "I'm here to animate. What do yep. you got for me?" And I think him doing that pulled frank out of it was safe frank in a lot of ways i, I mean i'm sure I honestly, obviously his wife and family are very important to him and you can see that over the years yeah, but yes but like but at, at that point in his life he was laid up for for nine months he didn't have a, a reason like his yeah. family was there and they've always been there but he was severely depressed i think that animator saved his life and i will i and it was really funny because he was really the hero of this story yes that little old man like (laughs) being like oh it's the hair and i'm like the hair is the easiest part the hair is the easiest part (laughs) he doesn't have any ears because the hair is the hair just covers it up oh you gotta watch this this documentary everyone everyone should watch this i i think it was frank zappa fan or not this is a cast of characters i agree um plus it just it it goes to show how everything is integrated. Yeah. Like we'll get into the political half after our break. No, everything's the same. But, um, so, so let's, let's try to wrap up the first half here because it's been fucking chaos. Um, (laughs) I'm so sorry. No, I want to, I want to talk just really briefly about how this came about. We are closing in on the end of our season we recorded another show today. We always sort of have like a mini meeting yeah. and we're kind of like, we're in this work overload situation and we know we have to record an episode and um, we're talking, we're throwing ideas back and forth to each other. And I am so fortunate in having a podcasting partner co-host that I'm able to say, well, fuck, you want to go watch a documentary and come back in a couple <laughs> of hours and we'll just talk about that. And I thought she would take notes. She didn't take notes. I didn't. But I, I honestly fine. didn't take notes. <laughs> and the but, reason I didn't take notes is because this this documentary was something that I knew was going to be deep and hard and something hard. that I, and, yeah, that I needed to focus on. And it wasn't yeah. something that could be 
up down with the notes and the I okay. Well, it's why it took me so Wikipedia, much longer to watch it than you. I did like look things up during the documentary because that's what I do and. I like how uncomfortable she is that I'm, I'm acknowledging that, that making this show, she's the right person to make it with, that she is deflecting (laughs) talking about fucking Wikipedia. So everybody that's listening, repeat this to her. (laughs) Um, And, and I think it was great because I usually plan things. And today I was like, I got nothing. And you were like, let's do this. And I was like, Great, let's do this. <laughs> yep, and here we are. So um, I think we're gonna, we're I think we're going to come back just, in the second half. We love we, we both love this. I think this is the wrap up of the uh, review portion of the show. Um, now which we're is we're going to get into some meat some and potatoes, meat and potatoes, and get ready. Get Ronald Reagan and censorship ready, like. and. <laughs> If we're gonna we're gonna do some of that partial credit stuff where one of us gets red faced and the other one does karate chops or just one of them does both. <laughs> Probably uh. one of us does both. <laughs> All, right. All right, Lily, let's go listen to this ad for anchors. They keep boats from drifting. This episode of Partial Credit is brought to you by Anchor. Uh, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. Uh, there's tools that help you record and edit your podcast. Uh, you can do it on your phone or your computer. Uh, they'll distribute your podcast for free. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the places you get podcasts. I'm going to say podcast one more time. You can make money from your podcast. No minimum listenership. I'm doing it right now. I'm doing it right now. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Um, And all you have to do is uh, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. On with the show. And we're back. This is the Central Scrutinizer. Have you been paying attention? to the episode so far. The white zone is for loading and unloading only. Welcome back, Lily. The red zone is for emergency vehicles. (laughs) So we're talking Frank Zappa in music class. How are are you feeling about Mr. The Zappa? Oh, I love him. Yeah. Yeah. This has Uh, been... uh, As I was was doing... um, some uh research for this next part i really in the in the 10 minutes in the 10 minutes <laughs> that we took a break um i came across an article saying frank zappa is the person we need now <laughs> well and that was something i texted to you and maybe yeah. we should you know should... i wanted to wrap up with this but i'm okay with doing it now is would frank zappa have a place today yes creatively politically oh yeah um, I, I mean, mean, he he matured rapidly. So, I think that <laughs> it's such a complicated question, but I do think he would have a place today. I think that he should. I mean, I think we should take what he was doing, and and use it for today like do i think that if he were alive today would he be doing what he would be doing or what he did hell yeah 
that dude would be protesting down the streets. Yeah, no, he'd be he'd be full on leftist. Oh he'd yeah. Be, I mean, we've already talked about his becoming radicalized. Yeah. Um. So, so to let's, let's, just uh, assume. Let's get into this. <laughs> let's uh, put on can our. I, can I start this? I just want to start this off with a quote. Yes. From uh, Frank. Um, decades of indoctrination. Oh, I hate this word. Indoctrination. I can't do it. Indoctrination. Thank you. Manipulation, censorship, and KGB excursions haven't altered this fact. People want a piece of their own little something or other. And if they don't get it, have a tendency to initiate counter-revolution. Which, out of context, sounds like it would have come from a leftist radical uh, at a protest last week. Exactly. That's why this I'm is... like, he would definitely have a place today. Like, <laughs> but and and more to the point, would he have a place, Lily? Would he would he be allowed in the game? Would the system? Why, why which wouldn't was... he? Like, why? I don't think he ever really conformed to social norms. He was never okay. like. He was never like, oh yeah. I fit into this one group. I'm going to be in this group and I'm going to okay, be Okay, for shits group. and giggles here. For shits and giggles here. Let's talk yeah. about his relationship with Czechoslovakia. Yes. Uh, kind of bookends this documentary. So Czechoslovakia had a revolution, was being separated from uh, the USSR at the time. Yes. Uh, his last performance was in Czechoslovakia was in, in 1991. He became an ambassador for Czechoslovakia and the arts and tourism. Correct. He was a point of contact for this now young nation. So uh, he he was also so the how he got involved with Czechoslovakia was through a composer yes. who was in parliament. Yes. Um and this is how he he got connected to to Czechoslovakia and they invited him over to Czechoslovakia to attend parliament meetings. Yeah. And simultaneously, he is testifying before Congress about censorship. Yes. And we can get more into that in a second. But when he uh, accepts this position, has this position, now political pressure is being put on Czechoslovakia to end their relationship with Frank Zappa if they expect any aid from the United States. This this bugged the shit out of me. <laughs> I was... It's a brief moment in the documentary. If you're not paying attention, you will completely miss it because they kind of glaze over it a little bit. Um, they're like, yeah, so, uh, he was a part of the Czechoslovakian parliament and blah, blah, blah. And America put pressure on Czechoslovakia to get rid of him. And then they move on. And I was like, yeah, I don't know what the resolution was. I was like, wait, go back. Like, <laughs> please, please tell me more about like how he, they were pushing him out. Like the United States did not want Frank Zappa involved in Czechoslovakian politics because he was against censorship and against a whole lot of stuff and america was a fucking asshole like yeah. they are 
Like they're the capitalistic assholes that they are. So let's talk about the eighties a little bit here. Um, what was really kind of a tipping point for uh, Frank Zappa uh, going from, I don't want to say the word goofball, but I mean, he really, it was he, just fun for him. He went from this goofball guy to very and again, I hesitate to goofball to, to very politically involved. Yeah. So Reagan happened. And I think that's why. <laughs> yeah. Reagan happened and then uh, Baker happened and Tipper Gore happened and all of these people um, getting into the language of censorship happened. Yeah. Uh, and this is about 1984. This is about when Reagan came in swinging and everybody felt really good. Uh, in Congress and, and in the upper echelon of the Republican Party, um, there was bills on the table to censor music. They did not like music. So that was good. Well, <laughs> let's break this down for the for the people who don't know this. What uh, a group wanted to put a explicit rating on music they wanted to do ratings like we rate movies and they wanted that on music um yep. so this is where frank zappa gets involved and he he's like no no uh i don't think so however he does propose a solution to this he proposes that all lyrics are written down yeah. And they still put the parental advisory on there. Yeah. So uh, my one of my favorite parts of this film was uh, Baker reading the lyrics to Darling Nikki. Uh, can I just read what <laughs> yes. she wrote? Can I, yes. can I? So here's the thing. Do I read it as stunted a human as she is? Yes, or you have to because, God. Okay. I, I, I knew a girl named Nikki. I guess you could say she was a sex fiend. I met her in a hotel lobby, masturbating with a magazine. Uh, so, and that's character corner with Lucas. Um, Thank you. Um, now, <laughs> if you're after, still on the road, if you're if you st if you haven't crashed your card or ripped out your headphones, um, <laughs> Frank Zappa's music was not being targeted. It nope. was not in the on the docket of this is no. inappropriate prince music. was being targeted michael jackson uh, uh oh beastie gosh. boys uh motley Crue, yeah. uh just i mean i mean good music good I music mean, like very good music and it was all being it every they wanted it censored they 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 wanted to put ratings on these because they talked about sex, you know, oh. like, oh no, I'm sorry, lady, that's how you were born. Like, yep. <laughs> get over it. Um, so it was very interesting that he was not being censored, but he was fighting against censorship. He was the only person he was showing the up. the only person showing up. And in that interview, I, I don't remember the host, uh, but the guy was like, you're fighting for people like Prince. How do, why are you doing this? You know, like, 
why are you fighting for other people when they're not? Well, because it's, it's because he's defending it's right. basic rights. Because it's, it's their right. And then uh, the interview with, oh God, what was it? Um, it, was it was like a group uh, of guys and they were. Oh, where he car, calls the guy car talk. It was, it, uh, yeah, where he no, calls not the car talk. I don't know what no, it's called. It was like hardball or whatever. Yeah, whatever it was. It was a, it was definitely a, a, a Republican-esque theme show. Um, so, quote from Mr. Frank yeah. Zappa, people call me for interviews on censorship-type topics all the time, like that Gannett interview. I don't hold myself out to be an authority on it, but the reason they call me is that they know I'll at least open my mouth and give an opinion, whereas other people will play it safe and won't say anything because they don't want to offend anybody. Prince never came out and said, and I guess we're talking about two dead people here, but Prince never came out and testified in front of Congress. So I would like to speak on that just a little bit. Okay. Prince is a Jehovah's Witness. Okay. So it was very curious that a Jehovah's Witness who basically had a double life he was like Jehovah's Witness by night, like or day and pretty yeah. by night, was trying to be censored. <laughs> like, this is America, though. Well, like, he wasn't when, trying when, to be censored. No, but he was they were comfortable with yeah. being censored. He was yeah. he was comfortable with being censored okay. because he. That's just the way it worked for him. He was like, okay, they're gonna censor me. That's probably what his thinking was. But it, yeah. it's very curious that Prince songs, as he was a Jehovah's Witness, like. Yeah, okay. I, I, I mean, and I feel like a Jehovah's so, Witness is a very religious sect, and and I, I'm just sitting here Should we going, get a Ouija board out for the next mini and yes. see if we can conjure up the spirit of Prince and he so, and uh, oh God. other people too? Yeah. Um, I think we need the Ouija. Um. <laughs> Not a wedgie, but the Ouija. Okay, um, no wedgies. And it, it's what what my point is is America is going to censor no matter what. Yeah, well, and their point was that the lyrics were influencing people and changing yeah. how they thought. And I, I thought one of the most brilliant things that Frank said in, in these hearings was, you know, if lyrics do things, how come we don't love each other? And, you know, he's just such a smart motherfucker. It's I know. Unreal. <laughs> uh, but let's get to his uh, views on capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> since, we're, since we're having so much fun. Oh. So this was a man who was not interested in making a lot of money. He wasn't. Uh, this is a man who wanted to make what he heard in his head. And if other people wanted to listen to it, he was excited about it. And it was great. What and a, he thing. said that, and yeah. we had had this conversation earlier today where it was sort of like, eh, whatever, listen to so, it or don't. Exactly. Don't and I, <laughs> one of the things that, really stuck with me with him was i make music so i can listen to it and if yeah. other people want to buy that great cool cool like i'm glad they want to listen to it 
he was very it was a little like he was humbling about his music he was like i will pay the people that i want to pay to make the music that i want to listen to right if you don't want to listen to it don't listen to it if you well, want to listen to it he'd made enough great. money off of merch at that point and and everything that he was able to pay yeah, the london symphony yeah. symphony orchestra that, <laughs> and hire the conductor that he wanted that interview was great was it david letterman he went on yeah. and he david letterman was like how did you get the london symphony orchestra to do this and he's like i paid them and David Letterman's like, they're huge. And he's like, they're I very paid them prestigious. a lot. <laughs> yeah, I paid like, them a lot of money. I paid them a lot of money because that's, that's what he wanted to do. Well, and he understands artists. Yeah. He understands that, that there are other artists and he, and this is the you thing know, I'm... he wasn't being a patron. He was, he was, he wasn't being an employer, but he understands no. artists. Yes. And he understands their value. He understands that these people were worth the money that he was paying to get the product that he wanted. Yeah. Even though he, he said it was only 75% complete. Like he's like, this is only 75%, which I thought was hilarious because if you've ever listened to any of his work, it's, it's amazing. You're like, it's this next is level. brilliant. And he's like, it's only 75. So like, we'll get there. We'll get there. You know, like he was always, wanting improvement but anyways this is meanwhile this is, he's dying of prostate cancer yeah he's dying of prostate cancer and he's like no i'm going to write another thing i'm gonna get i'm gonna keep going um, when when he said like when he's talking about his cancer and he's talking about uh how much it's impacting him uh he he's like yeah maybe i get like 8 30 to 6 30 every day and that, and, was, that was heartbreaking yeah because you know, for him, it was eight thirty to twelve thirty every day. Oh, it was eight thirty to two thirty. Yeah, it was, was eight thirty to eight thirty the next yeah, day. He he did not stop, and I think if he had not gotten cancer, he would still be writing, and he'd still yeah, be going. He'd still be and, writing. Um, still and, be standing in front of Congress and saying yes. "fuck you" and like so many middle fingers. So in this many film. middle fingers. <laughs> so many middle fingers, and it was so good. And I was. There was um, two things. Two things. There was millions of in this in this in this uh, documentary. Middle fingers and, and there wasn't a lot of titties. There's a lot of claymation titties, which was very. A lot of claymation titties. The the claymation sex was weird, and if you're yeah. into that, check that out. Check, there's oh, we'll find you that part if you want, but yeah, or just watch I'm not the finding it. You can find it, Lily. <laughs> I don't but want to find the, it. It was weird. <laughs> Do you find it yourself? You. Yeah. Curves. Um, but the uh, shit you, you derailed me Sorry. Uh, there were two things in this film middle fingers and oh people with baby doll heads yeah. like the mothers of invention like the mothers had all of it it was just there was a lot of baby doll heads so that's that's the thing he the mothers of invention were a group the original group mm -hmm. and then he kind of disbanded them and and then it was just any, anyone. Yeah, it was whoever, just anyone could, he, he, whoever he could keep was, up. Uh, yeah, was amazing. And it, it's not like he didn't like those guys or really want to work with that. He just was done. And I think that is a part of his crazy genius is – I think the one way of the he, well he he eliminated collaborators that couldn't yeah. keep up. He yeah. 
he was very comfortable with it. And um, uh, what was that? What was her name? She said, you were his friend if he kept calling you back to, to do shows. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. What? I have not turned off my fucking... I am <sighs> unprofessional. Um, so, he... <laughs> He wasn't in it for the money. Nope. He wasn't in it to make a hit track. Nope. Can we talk about his number one hit track? Yeah. How did that come come into creation, Lily? Which was Valley Girl? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> his I, daughter. His daughter slipped a note under his studio door mm-hmm. saying, hello, my name is Moon. I live in this I'm, house. I live in this house, and and basically, I try to stay out a, of your way. I, it was a cry for attention, and it was just it. It was, it was heartbreaking. heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking to see that, and they recorded a song together. They recorded a song together called which, "Valley Girl." So we'll we'll get to that in a minute, but I think. So I think that was his way of communicating with her is like, hey, let's record a song together because that's well, all he knew. That that's that's actually you know? quite sweet. I didn't, and I didn't and like this was this was his way of connecting with his kid. Like he's like, I I, I uh, 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 like you know when you go to touch someone else's baby and they're like, Here, hold my baby and you're like, Ah, what do I do with it? So like Chuck it like a football. Pretty much. Well, if you were Peyton Manning, yeah. Um, <laughs> might be. So that that was his way of connecting with his daughter, and like in in his very advanced musical mind, this was him sharing what he loved with her, and him opening himself up just a little bit to like have her collaborate with a song because he felt that she was at a superior level of music like him and then that song ended up being his his hit like big hit out of of his 35 plus years career like 60 records and that Uh, was 62 albums albums. before his uh death and uh 53 after for a total of 115 so there's there you go there's your uh your numbers (laughs) if you like those but it was and i think people are always like yeah it's a great song like he got to you know he did it with his his child but like i think it was ultimately a way to connect so yeah and and, and i'm old enough to remember this being in popular culture yeah like that there was on whatever dumb fm radio station i was listening to when i was a teenager there was parodies of it and i grew up in upstate new york oh yeah so there was like skid more girl she's a skid more girl at, you know for skid more college and it had all these references yeah. and you could not get away from this song and it's funny that they there they say that in in the in the in the movie you couldn't get away from it you couldn't get away with it and he's over in europe he's in italy and it's like number eight on the billboard charts he has no idea no idea that this, fun thing he did with his what 13 year old daughter daughter she did not look 13 no um all i was like wait you're 13 okay um 
also think it was like a bonding moment between him and his family because if you notice the entire family was a part of the photo shoots yep and i think i think that was a it's a very heartwarming moment to a very silly song yeah no it is very it's silly a, it was like heart crushing and then like Oh, like he let yeah. her into his studio, like. And then, I mean, her and Dweezil uh, at that press conference talking about his cancer is yeah. um, is is you know, I, heartwarming. I think that was probably very hard for Frank to to finally let them admit do that and and let go and and say I I am dying. Yeah. And there will be an end. And I think it was very heartwarming that he let his children take that for him. Like, yeah, I get the feeling that they pretty much insisted on it. I think, uh, so I, guess. I, think I think I think he was not well enough to go. But this is this is the turn of the film. This is when we we get into uh, ensemble modern. Yeah. The a dozens. It's, Dozens oh. of uh, musicians who wanted nothing more than to play his compositions. Yes, and and it was and they worked on it together. They, and they until... wanted to like these. So one of the best things was these were people who grew up listening to him, and they wanted to do his music and not other composers' music. They were like, we want the weird, wacky stuff. It's not even that weird. No, it's really beautiful. Like yeah, and, and even Megan, who was like, please, Megan please, is a, a, like, a classical classicist. Yeah, she knows her stuff. And, and at one point, something is playing, and I I hear that. Hmm. Yeah, where she's like, oh, this oh, is oh, this is good. This is, <laughs> but it, it it's it's not, it's not, it's Zappa, and that's the only. And I think it, if you look at his musical career, it's definitely his, like, <laughs> I, I can't even explain it because it he, is, it's just such a beautiful uh, piece. Magnum opus. Yeah. It's, I don't, I don't know that he walked away from what we hear on Yellow Shark and says that's 75%. No. When you watch that performance it's, at the end of the film with those dancers. standing ovation. 20 minutes standing ovation and you watch that performance with those those dancers and he's got his back to the audience the, the way he started he would do it all the time at that tiny little theater in LA uh or I'm sorry in New York yeah and uh he had his back to the audience but when that camera you can see this tiny little bit of joy on his face oh and he was a man of like straight like no expression. stoic very stoic and you're right you could just you could just feel that this was this was the the finale like this was the the way he wanted to go out so and 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 when they 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 pan to him in the backstage area his face is just so content and And then (laughs) Yeah, and then wait, it's okay to to <laughs> to to like to get I'm, us get us back a little. I'm gonna say the dancer looked like a very weird Cindy Lauper, like <laughs> like very weird Cindy Lauper. 
Um, yeah, she had these weird, like, weird those tentacle weird, thing, like, the hair. weird 90s yeah. uh, faux dreads. Yeah. Um, so. <sighs> so he's, uh, as far I as just, I know, not problematic. Know the, you know the last song's title, right? No. The title of the, it is G Spot Tornado. So was it like a collaboration with Salvador Dali or? I guess. <laughs> uh, and this, I'm just bringing it back. Like, how was he not censored? Like, how were they not trying to censor? Anyways. Well, this was this point. was released like, after the... his oh, yeah. death, I believe. But um, it was released. Yeah. No. In, in November wasn't... of 1993. Yeah, um, he died in ninety one, I think. Uh, no, I he, thought it was ninety three. He died. He he time. also didn't sell a lot of records. He died. He died December fourth, nineteen ninety three. So he died a month after its release. Yeah, at fifty two years old. Yeah, he was so very young man. Yeah, he'd be in his eighties now. Yeah, Is that right. Twenty five years. So yeah. Yeah. About 25, a little more than 25. So, you got a quiz? I got um, no quiz. I don't know. It's music class. I, I honestly, um, I think it's it's not a quiz, but it's going to be homework. homework. Uh, yeah, so homework is to really kind of take one song from each of Frank Zappa's albums. 62 albums. Yeah, so you 62 have to listen albums. to 62, 62 songs. songs. That's 62 that's nothing. songs. That's, not, that's nothing. It's like, you don't have to listen to them right away. Like, it's like 120 but, minutes if they're all three minutes long, but most of them aren't. No, they're more than that. Um, <laughs> 180 okay, fine, minutes. Fine. Jesus Christ. Okay, fine. Just listen to Yellow Shark. Listen, uh, I, 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 would, I would add to that. So... You, so Lily's assignment, your, yeah. her homework assignment, is to listen to Yellow Shark, and and I guess just let us know what you thought of Yellow Shark. Yeah. Well, what what do you what do you think, knowing all of all of the history of Frank Zappa, and and was this the way to go out? Was this? And I would ask you to listen to Joe's Garage because you should. That that album means a lot to me personally, and that's kind of a launching point for for frank i yeah and um i think i see that's why i'm like it's hard because you're like what <laughs> it's, it's which frank hard. do we which pick? frank do you pick do you do you pick you know his early years or do you pick like the last moments yeah and and i i guess it really depends on you as a person and and what what you like you know like where you are yeah. where you are in your life and what speaks to you can just before we start our little wrap up here yeah Lily, can yeah. we talk about frank's early adoption of the man bun did you notice that at all in the film the man bun <laughs> <laughs> with that pink scrunchie when he's yeah. in um czech Slovakia. he's yeah. like rocking that pink scrunchie 
yep. and puts his cigarette into his guitar. You know, I know a lot, I have a lot of musician friends and so many of like in high school and college and stuff, they were all trying to be Frank Zappa. Like That was his I, signature thing. Like, I realized he, he more than ever that they were trying to guitar, be Frank. Like, yeah. Okay, I, that's cool. It's just... And didn't he have asthma as a kid? Oh, yeah. Always severe so. asthma and, and severe health problems because yeah. of... That's why his family moved. Yeah, but always smoking. Always smoking. Oh, I'm... To be honest, I was surprised it wasn't lung cancer. I had to, like, look up the type of cancer. That's I what Megan, Megan said. Yeah. I knew he died of cancer, but I yeah. had to look up what type of cancer. And I was like, wait, what? Prostate cancer? Yep. Yeah. Uh, same type of cancer as, I don't know, a couple other famous people who were yeah. stirring the pot at that time. But um, I just, I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. How much money would you pay to get into the Zappa vault? Of oh. all those recordings. I mean, did you... I, mean, I would I would counterpoint you with this. <laughs> that they should just let me in because I would like to listen to his music and his music was intended to be listened to. I mean, they're the originals. I know. He held on to everything. 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 He has no interest in making money off of his career. Exactly. And that's why I was like, I know they it's we live in this capitalistic bullshit society and they would be like here pay like millions of dollars to go listen to all of that but I I would I, I in I wouldn't because that's not he, what he, he would have wanted he would have wanted someone who is interested in going to listen to that music so I, I would want to go listen to to all of the the vault. I would I would love to be in there, but like to to put a number on it yeah, would I not know. be Frank Zappa. No, I know. <laughs> and that, Just, that that's but, my like long long. How answer. cool is that vault though? Oh, right. that thing is awesome! Like I would, yeah. That watch is, this fucking documentary, people. Yes. This is. This is, there is censorship. It leads down a dark path uh, where people are controlling what you hear, which is how they control what you say. And Frank Zappa has been saying it and he's still saying he's, it. He's still saying it even after he's, he's died. Like He's still saying I think it. We all got a little bit of Frank Zappa in us. <laughs> Not in a dirty way. Come on. Well, don't make oh, that face at me. Do we need to get no. you some penicillin? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember, I remember the line that uh, made me really chuck the, the one where he's doing the interview because the interviewer was like, so you think that it's okay that everything is pro promoting, the music is promoting sin and anti-Jesus and that we're all going to hell. And he's like, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Right yes. on. Like, and that's when he said, you're an asshole. Because, <laughs> like, yep. he was, the guy was trying to strip away his First Amendment right is basically what was happening. And well, you, everyone should watch this. Look, and here's, here's my big takeaway these days. You don't need your First Amendment right as long as you have your second. That's fine. Ah, middle finger. <laughs> Sarcasm, everybody. Um, I think that's the show. I think so. I think... Uh...
your homework as uh, partial credit listeners is to listen to Joe's Garage and The Yellow Shark. All right. I love it. So, and all other <laughs> 60 of his albums after you're done with those two. Yeah, 62, 53 post, post, I always have trouble with post? this. Post? Posthuman, or is it posthumous? Posthumous? Posthumous sounds fancier, right? I like, I like it better. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, watch the watch the documentary. It's on Hulu. It's also on. Um, you can rent it on what is it? Amazon Prime. Yeah, four ninety nine. You can probably pirate bay it or, or is pirate or, bay still a thing? I don't know. I is, I is LimeWire still a thing? I don't know. I just, What's the what was the first one? LimeWire. No, right? there was no, one pi- before that. Um. I don't know. Let us know, because I'm blessed. <laughs> Thank you, Lily. Mm, bye, guys. Zappa time. Zappa. Hey, real quick, before you move on to that next episode of that other show that you listen to that's not partial credit, and I'm not going to be bitter about it at all, hey, rate and review on Apple Podcasts, please. It really helps a lot. Look, this episode today was completely improvised by Lily and Lucas. Uh, we had no and very little uh, credit to give out. So let's go with written, produced, and edited by me, with lots of help from Lily. Uh, music uh, front uh, brought to you from uh, Brian Action Jackson. And uh, yeah, just uh, Zappa.